Quarantine Journal, Day 16. That's it. The final safe haven has fallen. It was the last bastion of peace and shelter left in this nightmare world. How do we end up this way? One day I'm sharing lighthearted jokes with Adam and looking forward to the days when we can live, laugh, and yes, love once more. The next day, the boomers began their worldwide uprising with their tanks made out of toilet paper and useless shit from Hobby Lobby. We all laughed at first. We mocked them and their can-I-talk-to-your-manager haircuts. But it wasn't funny anymore when they took over and made that ma haircut mandatory for everyone. The boomers told us again and again that the virus was a hoax. Turns out they were right all along. The virus was just a ruse to keep everyone out of the way and pave the way for their uprising. Us millennials, their sworn enemies, have gone into hiding finding shelter at various safe zones that we hoped that they wouldn't find, but it was a fruitless endeavor. The boomers somehow managed to use their expired coupons and their Blue Lives Matter flags to fish us out of their holes. One by one, by one, by one, our settlements from around the world began to fall. We millennials have been constantly on the run, trying to communicate to one another through Morse code through our vintage vinyl players. Seems like every day we get the terrible news that they just keep spreading, growing, and gaining more and more power. All from just hoarding toiletries and leaving one-star reviews of yogurt shops on Yelp. Maybe it's too late for me now. I've been expecting to die every day since day four. Jesus Christ, has it only been 16 days since Sharon and her mobility scooter army first announced their global takeover from the Fontana Cheesecake Factory? Feels like it's been seven goddamn years. Shit, I can hear them coming from about half a kilometer away from my hidden bunker. They're using Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA as their battle cry from their toilet paper powered vehicle sirens. God, they're such fucking idiots. But I admit that I'm so scared right now. Everywhere they conquer, they put up minion memes with random Bible verses on them. The faces of death, the whole lot of them. It sounds like I might be next. God, I miss my family. Maybe they're dead now. Maybe they somehow made it to another sanctuary that I don't know about. The music is getting louder. I don't have anywhere else to run. If you're reading this, whoever you are, do not let them win. The boomers cannot win. April 6, 2020. Mike, Mike are, you, are you here? I just logged oh. on to the... Oh, hey, to, Adam. Hey, man, how are you doing? Special thing here, and you're just like some guy was talking about like this post-apocalyptic uh, thing. Are you there? Oh, <clears throat> um, what? I, 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 um, oh, I was, I was, um, watching uh, N Netflix, the new, uh, oh. the new Netflix oh. documentary about, um, um, you know, a, a virus that's taken over the world, and oh yeah, I've heard about that affecting. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a fiction, it's a fictional show of course um, of course <laughs> there's nothing nothing about reality related to viruses or anything these um, days. let me leave a note really quick of uh, uh, edit out the first three minutes of today's episode adam oh, how are you oh. doing today <laughs> man where where has the time gone we might as well just like do we ever need to see our faces again do it i, mean, I miss you so goddamn much <laughs> i miss doing this in person so goddamn much Obviously, and it's like all I see are the same three people day in, day out, oh and then day day in again. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then but you, you, you've been going you've been going into work though, haven't you? I've had to go to work, Mike. And yeah. I tell you what, the Thanos guy, 
I think he oh. was onto something. Because have you seen <laughs> how traffic is out there? Traffic my, is wonderful, dude. I typical, have not like stopped once. My typical 50, 45 to 50 minute commute daily has been drastically decreased to a brisk 25 to 30 minutes. Um, even the drive home has re- been ridiculously short. Like, you know, that, that section between Cactus and Van Buren where you sit mm-hmm. in traffic for literally like three hours. Yep. It's, yep, it, yep. It, it, it's, it's what? Two miles stretch, mile and a half stretch. It's a, yeah, it's like two miles. It's two, it's literally like two exits long. And we sit there right. for like an hour. <laughs> every, every single day I fly right through there. Like it's like, it's a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, so long suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm Thanos home. was seriously onto something and, and we I'm didn't home. listen. And then we're home and then we're, <laughs> and then we're hanging out with our families. But in all reality, we did listen, Mike. You did we? <laughs> you started this by having this sham of a bet from last year that I lost, <laughs> and then in turn had to watch the movies to understand what was coming. Mm, you understood. Now, you understand now. It was just a, It's. It was me prepping you yes. for this nightmare reality we live yes. in. But you know what's great, Mike? Baseball season is back. Did you? Is did, it baseball season? Back. All I did, I went. I went on YouTube, and it said. Mm-hmm. Cubs opening day, March 27, 2020, mm-hmm. Cubs, Cubs Brewers. I mean, they, they were ready. I mean, that's like the team. That's how they were going to start the season. Yeah. And it said opening day, full game. It said this little thing next to it said SIM. I don't know what that means. I think it means like SIM. I think it means like like still in motion or something like that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But I exactly, on yeah. it. I clicked That's on what it, it means. <laughs> and it was a full game. And, you know, they cut out like all the commercials and everything. I think this whole virus thing, they finally like got rid of advertising because they yeah, realized no how, one's buying anything. How, it's how retarded it is and everything. But like the, the, the fans were in the stands and um, you could watch an entire game in like an hour and a half. And like right now, the, I've, I've been doing this for like the last week. The Cubs are five and two, man. They're off to a great oh. start. They're <laughs> off to a great, great start. And all it takes, I, I can't, I can't find the games live for some reason. It's only like they get uploaded to YouTube and I'm like, oh, hey, there's, there's a game today and then I could watch it. But um, <laughs> have you heard about this? Well, apparently the NBA is doing something similar as well. <laughs> so I think, they're, remember, they're, remember they're, the, the Cubs are going to be in San Diego in the middle of May. Right. Um, the, the weekend of, of Mother's Day. So now that we're not allowed to be around people, you and I can can go to the game and uh, watch watch the Cubs and the Padres take on each other we that weekend. Can quote unquote go to the game <laughs> on our PlayStation Four. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Appar- can, yeah. Apparently, sports is doing this now. They're and and they're posting it like on on ESPN of all places too. Like I saw <laughs> that the N- the NBA was using a uh, NBA Two K Twenty to yes. like post simulated games right. on air. It's, and I'm like, what is this fucking reality we live in now? It, it's working, man. It's, it's definitely <laughs> going to be the wave of the future. Oh um, man. Cause like I said, it takes away all of the advertising, which is great. It takes away, like you don't need to review a play that the umpire did because oh, you know, no. whatever, the, whatever the umpire calls is correct. No matter it's what pre-recorded. Yes. All, right. all I have to do is go back into the coding to make sure that everything was good to go. Yes, and if you see, look why closely, have real, 
you can watch the fans in the crowd. Like they, they sit there for the entire game and they do different things throughout the game. <laughs> like I was watching this one guy behind the plate and he's like wearing like a little driver's cap and like, you know, a button down shirt that with the, with the, you know, it's not tucked in, but it's one of those just hip looking guys with a beard. And he mm-hmm. sat there for the whole game and he like ate a pretzel and, and then he like, <laughs> and, and later in the game, he like drank a beer and he would stand up and cheer and <laughs> It was so hilarious. Um, video but, game programmers nowadays, they, they they go for the fine details, you know? The guy ate, in the stands throwing up from drinking too much beer. He ate the a guy pretzel. Who, he, he I ate looked a at pretzel. him and he ate an entire pretzel <laughs> over the course of an inning. And the pretzel if you look got carefully too, if, if you look carefully too, there's the guy in the crowd who has his arm around his girl yes. but then when the kiss cam is going, puts it, it puts the camera on them, he puts his arm he takes his arm off because he because right. that's that that's not actually his wife that's his girlfriend. Right. Well, he puts and his arm someone... around. <laughs> he puts his arm around his beer. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like oh oh. I mean, this is what I meant. I'm, I, I mean, hun, I don't know who this is, honey. <laughs> I'm at the office right now. <laughs> but hey, the Cubs are five and two. It's going to be a great season, Mike. <laughs> so you you Darvish struck back... out ten guys yesterday. Darvish, you Darvish struck Darvish out ten. That? Yeah, and, <laughs> and he did it without even tr- getting tired at all. I know. Baez and Schwarber already have three home runs each. I saw one. Baez hit a, a walk-off home run in the ninth inning, a game-winning three-run home run to win the so game. When, so when everything goes back to normal later this year, do the do the Cubs pick up this record and like just continue on with it? Is that how this, this is going to work? Well, that'd be great if uh, baseball was ever coming back to real life again, which it's obviously yeah. not. I mean, why have real athletes? Yeah, why have real athletes when you can just grow them in a computer lab? Exactly. Give them whatever stats you want. (laughs) So what you're saying is PlayStation 4 creators are still essential workers, right? They are. I mean, you're watching them, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) They're doing the they're the lord's work they're doing the lord's work (laughs) finally you jocks are now bowing to like us nerds (laughs) so let's see you you went to work two days this week right i go no i i stay home for two days and then i go to work for three days three days so how was your commute and work schedule this week oh my god so normally especially on thursdays like i have to leave work i have to leave home like very, very early. Like, uh, yes. so I, I usually start work at eight. I've been starting work at seven thirty because they want me to come in a little bit early to help somebody HR do something that's time sensitive because she's taking yes. over for somebody who can't enter the building. So yes. I've been going to work early and leaving a little bit earlier. So, so nor- so normally I leave my house around like six thirty to six forty-five on a right. Thursday. Uh, so it takes me in the morning to get there at seven thirty, right? Yes, yeah, you leave at three thirty to get there at seven thirty. Exactly. So, yes. So my work 30, is twenty five. Yeah, my my work is twenty five miles away. On a normal day, before Thanos snapped the entire world out of existence, yes. like it half, would take half me the half the world out of existence. <laughs> it would take me upwards of like an hour and twenty minutes to get to work. Twenty five miles. Yeah. <laughs> So like on, on yes. a good day, it could take me like an hour, but on a bad day, like if there's one accident, it could mm-hmm. take, and I had to get diverted off the freeway, then it could take me like upwards, of like an hour 20, sometimes an hour 30. And then oh, I'd Lord. be late sometimes. And then I get in trouble and blah, blah, blah. Right. They but, spank you but when we walk into the They door. spank me okay. in you public should, in front of you everybody. Should, you should plan ahead for traffic. Leave at 3.30 like the rest of us. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, but now, on the days that I do have to go to work, which is Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, like I can get to work in 30 minutes flat. It's wow. beautiful, dude. Oh, oh, I'm I mean, so happy. 
at this point, do we ever want to go back to the way it was? Everybody's enjoying working from home and not wearing pants anymore. Um, the traffic is better. You don't have to go sit in restaurants anymore. They bring your food out to you. Exactly. Why sit in restaurants? This is ridiculous. You know, we're we're, we're trying to look on the bright side, you know, (laughs) I'm just saying like things and and a lot of restaurant chains should come to an end as well. Right. Oh yeah. This is the end of Applebee's and Chili's (laughs) and all these boomer restaurants. All of these essential restaurants that were <laughs> driving our economy. Um, Sizzlers, <laughs> keeping the economy active all this time. Golden Corral. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, I, but, I, you know, I, I mean, in you know, it does suck that a lot of people can't go to work. But like I'm in, I, I am personally and I know this is selfish of me to say this, but like I am enjoying the empty freeways. I'm enjoying the cleaner air. Um, I'm enjoying. It's, it's interesting to know how many people out there are not essential, right? Isn't it interesting? Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm. I'm. I'm just thinking about as my commute to work. I like literally. Oh, like I had to slow down to 50 miles an hour because there was like a slower person, <laughs> and then I oh, sped no. right back up, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Well, isn't this interesting? I know. Um, I'm world, way. I'm here way earlier than I should be. I should just take I, a nap. I get to work like 45 minutes early, and then I meditate for like 30 minutes. This is like the way the world should have been. I know, dude. I, and like legit, I've been doing that too. Like I get to work like 20, 30 minutes early because I leave a little bit later than I should, right. or more later than I'm used to. And then, and and I, I I get to I get to work. I'm just meditating in my car. Sometimes I'm just listening to music in my car if I'm if I'm feeling like in a better mood. So yes, like and you know, you know for. Go ahead. Some some of us who who need to still leave at the same time that they always have because there's mm-hmm. you know maybe other people in their house that they don't really want to interact with, um, <laughs> and so they they're like, well, I could just sit around here for another thirty minutes and then you know interact with you know some other people in my house. But nah. like, no, why don't I just leave before everybody you know gets up and enjoy the solitude? Because my whole day now that I am at work is filled with solitude. Like I haven't, I haven't talked to a person in like the flesh for three solid weeks now. Wow. <laughs> Have you been like doing like video therapy video and, sessions and, and phoning it in? Like, like <laughs> I, I, I could often be accused of. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you don't let any of your employees hear this. You're the one who said I, it. <laughs> nobody knows where I work and it's okay. It's That's all fine. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you make a phone call and that phone call ends and then you're like, Hmm, what should I do now? Um, and then you make another phone call and then you like eat some lunch and you make another phone call and you know, and it's just, it's, it's really, really different. But today or, you know, this week we found out we will be having the capability of uh, creating our own home environment in the near future here. Oh, so was, did you get your home laptop? I, there's not enough laptops because there's not enough laptops. Got to give them to the boomers first, right? They didn't plan on, you know, these kind of needs ever happening. So they didn't have enough laptops for everybody, but, Mm. um, no, they're just going to let us take home our, our computers. Oh, sweet. You know, like my, my desktop at work is about the size of a CD Walkman. So all, all I have to do is unplug it. Well, I'm not allowed to unplug it. I have to have a computer professional come to my office and unplug it. And oh, come then, on. And then they can make sure that I don't steal anything I'm not supposed to. And then I bring it home and I set it up here in my lovely bedroom and I do my job from my home. 
Yeah. But while your while your daughter's in the background talking to Lacey, yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> that is always the goal. So the only problem is that um the ability to make phone calls, like through our Oh, you gotta do it from your phone, huh? Well, no, like they 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 never um I guess for our stuff, since we never had to make phone calls through the computer, they have to like activate that whole thing. And apparently that's quite the undertaking for a lot of people. So that's going to take some time because IT is backed up on with a lot of other stuff, you know, fighting hmm. pandemics and whatnot. And uh, then fighting their own kind of viruses. And then they have to, you know, have somebody come out to unplug my computer from the wall so that I can take it home with me. And uh, so that's going to take like another week, maybe, maybe longer. It I don't sound, know. But it sounds like they're treating you like your babies. <laughs> well, they, we are. We are. My <laughs> so now don't touch this plug. You'll be grounded if you I mean, if you touch it. There's literally like 75 wires coming out of my computer. And I'm like, I don't really want to deal with all of these wires. I guess like, that's true, huh? You know the the monitor and the phone and the keyboard and i don't know there's so many wires and but i'm yeah, gonna well, i'm gonna make it work well if I'm there wasn't make... armed guards at all of our front doors preventing us from leaving i would be happy to come to your house and like help you set up <laughs> and things like that but you know you might i've to. all like i said last week i've i've made my peace with the fact i'm never gonna see you again so i know you know this is the this is the life we live now <laughs> Well, they did say that I had to make sure that my computer monitor was up to date. And then I came home and I talked to Dawn about that. And I was like, how old is our computer monitor? And she said, well, um, you know, your stepmom who died in 2006, she was the one that <laughs> bought that monitor in about 2003. And so I don't think my monitor is uh, up to par. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's time to go to Best Buy, another essential business to go pick up a new monitor. Oh, no. You well, ordered you can, that no, you on Amazon. Oh, you, you actually have a TV. You can just plug in your uh, computer to your TV, actually. Oh, my God. That would be beautiful. 46 yeah. inches. Exactly, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you ever want to see a work email that like takes up the entire space of your bedroom wall, <laughs> well, there you like go. I, I have to put the camera, the webcam, like somewhere on, you know, in my room now, my bedroom, oh, sure, yeah. which seems weird bringing my clients into my bedroom with me. Yes. Like, hello, there's my bed. That's where hello. I'm. I've made babies and, you know, podcasted with my friend and absolutely <laughs> exactly. no, nothing else. <laughs> this is the most intimate part of my life. So how are right. you doing today? <laughs> Tell me about your intimate parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like things are going well enough, all things considered for, for you, which is, which I'm glad to hear. Well, you know, not everybody out there is, you know, has, has the luxury of still being employed and, you know, enjoying a steady paycheck still so i'm, I'm well, glad that at least things oh, are going what? well o only 10 million people applied for unemployment the last two weeks so only i, mean, uh, I thought bad. it was six not that many yeah i read it was like 6.6 .6 the last time i read so it well, might that, be more that, than that, that was just by for, now that was just for last week the week before that, that was just was three million <laughs> yeah that was just for monday by wednesday <laughs> it was 10 million so um i guess we should be counting our blessings but you know i saw this coming oh, yeah. back 20 years ago when I was in college and I said, I need mm. to get me one of those jobs. That's a uh, pandemic proof. And <laughs> yes. I always knew <laughs> that talking about feelings is never going to go out of style. That's true. Yes. Especially in a time right now that's ridden with anxiety and people mm -hmm. who don't know what tomorrow brings and who need someone to talk to, to on top of their already existing trauma. And you know, who's really good at, at telling people how to, how to help themselves. Me, you, I am <laughs> your best. You you are I mean you have a master's in it so you are technically the master in the doing master. This. 
the I'm master. The master. <laughs> so your patience I mean, should be privileged. <laughs> and so, you know, speak and speaking on like being pandemic proof and stuff. Like I was thinking about it for the last couple of weeks, and I, I was thinking to myself like how guilty I feel that I've been looking for a new job for the last couple of years. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, you, you know, if you, I actually got another job, yeah, I probably right wouldn't now. be, I'd be dead. Yes. Because <laughs> not be like, only, well, not only has my job been deemed essential and like my new boss who I've been really enjoying working with for the last like a uh, month or so yeah. is, is like really working with me and like saying like, Oh yeah, well, I, I, I need you to, to work from home, like as much as you physically can. Cause I know you have stuff to do here in the building, but like, work from home as, as much as you physically can because we like his words like we need to protect you because you're the only one who knows how to do like the database stuff <laughs> so if you get sick like even if he just gets it from like a regular cold or flu like no one can cover for you so we need we're to protect so you this <laughs> yeah we're fucked go under <laughs> this whole corporation that's why the president gave you that letter right yeah well he i got well not only that dude but like for the, like every week since we've since this stuff has been like been taken seriously, like my job has been sending home everybody in the warehouse, this, this 300 plus people every mm. week, like a goodie bag of disinfecting wipes, um, toilet paper, uh, hand sanitizer and paper towels. And they, they, they send it to us just because like they're trying to take care of us. And yes. I, and here I am motherfucker, like taking this to my car <laughs> when I leave at home and I'm like, Oh my God, I've been trying to leave this place for like two, two years. I know. And and I'm like, like there's like five people like following you out to the parking lot, like ready to yeah, track trying, you, right? trying to fucking jump me. <laughs> there he goes. I know he's got the toilet paper on. Let's it's, go. It's, it's those boomers from my quarantine journal. <laughs> no, you're so but worried like, about the boomers. Like you think they're the only ones that are like the oh, problem no, here. You know, I, yeah, I, I joke and stuff, but like, you know, they, but they are kind of the ones who are spreading the misinformation and the ones who weren't taking it seriously. So which is now we're like in this mess because they've been listening to Trump and Trump was like for the longest he was he was briefed about this three fucking months ago and he right. publicly told everybody this was a hoax. And now yes. that it's too late, now we're fucked. And we're, we're like the U.S. is like has like the most cases in the entire world, even China. We're like, number one. We're number one. Woo. <laughs> Well, luckily, like the curve is flattening for like a lot of states now. Uh, unfortunately, though, a lot of states are still not quarantining or quarantining right. their people. I mean, Riverside, so, like, Riverside County only had 300 new cases in the last five days, but we're flattening yeah. this curve. We're doing great, guys. Keep up the good. No, but, but, if you, but if you think about it for the whole state, you know, because like it's it's actually much worse, much, much worse in Northern California than it is in Southern California. And, the no, and, and not that like any number of deaths is OK, but considering like how big our state is and how dense our population is. Uh, last I read, we had 143 deaths and like 50,000 cases and most of which we have recovered. But you know, when you, if you for looked at from just, huh? For the state? For the state. Yeah. Uh, so just for our state, we've had like 143 deaths. It's probably more now. Cause I was, I read that like a few days ago, but oh, yeah. you know, when you consider our population and the people who have been infected, it, it's, it's, pretty good and like our governor did a good job of being proactive when the right. upper management was not doing so right you know? well according to my my covid app um <laughs> oh my god you have a covid app adam <laughs> no. no seriously on my my weather channel app it has little oh, okay. COVID stats on it so as as of this which i don't know how uh, up to date this is uh there's twelve thousand in california two hundred thousand cases what? Cases, oh. 
285 deaths mm. and 638 in Riverside County. Mm. So uh, that's that's like about 200 higher than it was yesterday. <laughs> so we're, we're well, we're yeah, all, I imagine. I mean, you also have to take in consideration that a lot of the businesses here in Southern California are like warehouse based, so they are kind of deemed essential. So when you, you like take Amazon? that, in, like Amazon, yes, there's like 50 fucking warehouses just in our <laughs> block. Um, but they're, um, all, they're all getting the virus. They're all making their all. $14 an hour and they're like, Oh, we're essential. Yeah. We're essential everybody. But my paycheck don't, don't reflect that. But uh, yeah, but when, when you consider like how much of supply chain businesses are here in Southern California and the fact that a lot of us still have to go out because we are deemed essential because of that, like it's, you know, it kind of makes sense that the numbers are the way that they are. But considering, like I said, like the population density and how big our state is, it's like, we're doing well enough, I suppose. You know, and the we're Surgeon General it. said himself like a couple days or a few days ago in, in his press conference that like California's aggressive efforts have helped flatten the curve. And like, you know, I'm taking that as a positive news. So, OK, you know, it's well, we'll I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it's hard. I know with all the negativity out there and all the negative news to try to see any light in all of this, but like, you know, I'm seeing that as a win. I think that I'm seeing that as a, a step in the right direction. So, well, you know, you know. now that I, now, now I'm, when I take the dogs out for a walk, I am the coolest looking guy in the world. I, I saw know. that dude. You are a cool, <laughs> badass dude. motherfucker. Now <laughs> rainbow sprinkle walking his dog. Baby. <laughs> so you are was, a fucking badass. <laughs> what I realized when it's like 50 degrees outside, like I don't need a jacket or anything. As, if my face is covered, I am warm. That was beautiful. You're all set, dude. I, sh- I should have been doing this years ago. And you're scaring all the old ladies who are looking out their window right now. And they're like, ah! Oh, God. Because my wife spreading the COVID. My wife bought a, you know, N95 mask, like, back when it wasn't cool. So we've we've had them in our, like, emergency kits for years. Oh, is and, that right? Uh, so, and I, I don't want to use it because it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, opening up an old toy like as soon as you open it up then it's no longer you know valuable anymore all the so, value is taken right out yeah so it's, it's like, like when you start reading a issue number one comic that's like from the 60s <laughs> exactly they have fingerprints on it so i don't want to like open that one up until there's like a confirmed case in my neighborhood i think mm. and then i'll break out the n95 <laughs> right yeah yeah but my wife is just like oh yeah i knew it was coming i saw it coming <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. So, you know, and and folks like when you listen to us, like joke around like this, please don't take it the wrong way. I understand that people are getting hurt out there and people are dying and stuff, but you know, things, you know, we're, we're just kind of counting our blessings, I guess, so to speak that like we're, we're we're doing fine. Yeah. We We need need to laugh. laugh. We need exactly. And if we, if we get it and we beat it, I mean, then we're like superhuman because it seems like those people who have, who have recovered, like they're never going to get it again. So yeah, like, that's how the immunity works, which is great. These are the these are the future leaders of America who beat this disease. So I'm just like, hey, <laughs> bring it on, and I will this prove is, to you that either I'm this is this is going to be the fork in the road in history where like the the, the survivors of COVID are going to evolve yes. into like a, a super race, like the Spartans. This is and exactly. Then, like, <laughs> This is what the Nazis wanted. <laughs> exactly. We are the master race. <laughs> if you can survive this, you will survive anything. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but this is all what Thanos was preparing us for. So I, I appreciate yeah. you 
uh, encouraging me to watch these movies and you know speaking of thanos why don't we why don't we uh talk a bit about some of the movies that i've been forcing you to watch (laughs) so last that we left off you were about midway through ant-man and the will of the wisps yes and you decided instead of just watching instead of just watching the post-credit scene which i said if you want to skip it just watch that part you watched the whole movie so how did you with with if I just jumped into the post credit scene, I would have had no idea what was going on. Like you need, I, I needed to watch I the whole so. movie perfectly and understand what was going on. To yeah, you just what, if you if you did just watch the post credit scene, you would have saw uh, Michelle Pfeiffer who is playing who is playing uh, Janet Van Dyne. You'd been who the fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> exactly. I would have, right. So I'm glad that I watched it, or as I call it, uh, what was it? Um, Wasp Man and the Ant. Is that what it is? Wasp Man and the Ant. Yes. <laughs> wasp woman and the ant man but uh yeah that was that was probably i don't know guardians 2 was pretty funny but this one was probably the funniest of of wow however many you want to say there were right yeah because you're like number 20 now number 21 or something like that but like it's very interesting hearing your um hearing your takes on this because universally speaking i don't know if you've like seen any reviews of any of these marvel movies but like ant-man and the wasp is actually considered to be like one of the weakest films so it's interesting that like you've you you, like you've taken such a liking to it right is it just a comedic factor it was the comedic factor more than anything you know there's a fucking ant playing a drum kit come on (laughs) there is yes and they they saved it for a mid-credit scene (laughs) they think it's paul rudd the whole time he's wearing a (laughs) exactly <laughs> and wasn't that the one where his, the, the his Latino friend, I forgot that character's name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he he tells the entire story when, with the truth serum and they play it out yes, and yes, they're yes. all talking in his, with his mouth. Yeah. That was really really funny. So like, Yeah, and they do that in the the first Ant-Man too where he's talking about how he heard about the thing that they're going to steal from Avengers uh oh, Avengers yeah. facility. Yeah. Right. So that, that it's it's a cool reoccurring joke and that character is great too. So It was good. So, they're most likely going to bring him back for Ant-Man 3. And I was not expecting that post-credit scene at all. Because like the whole time I was thinking, like, was this supposed to have happened before Infinity War, after Infinity War? And then right, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it was during Infinity War. During, yeah. So that was a cool little twist on there. I mean, that kind of made the whole movie worth it in my mind like i I mean i like in my mind like i enjoyed the film but like it was not one of my favorites i think it has a really weak villain um the comedic the comedic factor i really do like and i i do like that marvel is kind of pushing this more comedic style of storytelling which Mm kind of you know because i I feel like they've earned it at this point you know because now we now we know the characters and we know their personalities yeah let's have some fun now so now that now that we're going in more comedic factor like this was one of the funnier movies but like as a superhero film with a villain and a plot and a blah, blah, blah. Like it's kind of like, eh, whatever. Like did Ghost I, is like, did I pay like, for it? No, you did not pay for it. So <laughs> it's good. It's fine. <laughs> you can view it from what though, with that lack of filter of like, yeah, exactly. Bucks, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I paid full price for it in the theater with my family. So I'm like, in my mind, like it was worth it, especially with the post credit scene, because that sets you up perfectly. Yes. For actually, no, we're not there yet. Uh, Captain Marvel was your next right. film. So, so what did you think of that one? That was interesting. You know, uh, well, I mean, oh, t- yeah. What decade did it happen again? I couldn't tell from the and, whole movie. But, oh yeah, it's, it's hard I'm to tell. Sure. I'm not it? really sure <laughs> what time frame it was referring to. But um, I guess Samuel L. Jackson uh, Fury was like the comedic 
factor in this movie that was kind of interesting. yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> like right when he and showed up de- i was like it's samuel jackson from pulp fiction <laughs> yeah exactly they de-aged him a bit and what's sorry. funny is that like when they're in that shield facility keep in mind like that that's actually samuel l jackson the actor who is just yes. de-aged digitally and yes. then he goes to throw a punch at this dude and like he's throwing a punch like a 60 year old man <laughs> because he's a 60 year old fucking man and it's like it's very jarring like you're supposed to be one of the like top shield agents at this point in the 90s and like take this young young whippersnapper my back (laughs) i know the just the the 90s references were a little too over the top yeah i felt like there were i felt like that movie was a little heavy-handed with its oh look she's wearing a nine inch nails shirt oh look movie the whole fucking movie and like oh look no doubt is playing you get it 90s and the the freaking wall that was like oh bush and smashing pumpkins posters like yeah exactly several of them all put together and like okay we we get it and they're at a blockbuster video i mean i I get it yeah the block the blockbuster should have just been enough like she landed in a blockbuster (laughs) and then there's like movie posters of the movies in the 90s like okay that should have been it like we get it we're you're in the 90s now i mean they did a very good job of making sure all the music was not after 1995 it was all like this 1993 to 1995 right tiny tiny little window um so that at least they took that attention detail because if i would have heard something and been like oh no that album was from 96 i would have been like (laughs) like, this is bullshit (laughs) turning this movie off right now mike you're just gonna have to tell me how this movie ends i can't finish it (laughs) so i i did enjoy captain marvell i'm gonna say it correctly (laughs) and uh so uh, it was nice to learn more about the the green guys, the Cree, the Cree, the, the scroll. Oh, yeah. They, they weren't bad after all, or were they? Yeah, I don't was, know anymore. Yeah. That was actually a, a good twist because like us comic book readers, we're, we we're used to them being these shape shifting villains who are like constantly right. trying to like right. take over different societies in the universe. But like, no, they just want to be left alone. And like, you know, which is a cool thing to do because like, what do you do with these ultra powerful aliens that can literally look like anybody like right. oh you just you just make them good guys and like they'll leave everybody alone so like we don't have to worry about it anymore it's like okay well that's that's kind of brilliant storytelling yeah with the with the music choices it was a little heavy handed in my opinion but like mm-hmm. overall it's kind of an enjoyable enjoyable movie well, it was Not sad when when uh, I'm just a girl came on and Don was like, "Is this whole?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "No, Don, it's not." And then at the, and then the end credits, I was like, "There's whole." <laughs> There's whole. Yes, whole There's is there. Whole. I knew it was coming. It had to. You can't have a movie like this with the badass girl in it and not have Courtney Love show up. Like, yeah, I'm surprised, I'm surprised she didn't make a cameo for crying out loud. Yeah, known 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 murderer Courtney Love. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so now that you're perfectly set up, where, where, where was Ant Man in all of this? Where was Captain Marvel in all of this? Right. Now you're set up properly set up for Avengers Endgame. Five now, years later. Five years later. Oh my God! The year twenty twenty three is that? What yeah. This, so this, this movie, movie takes place in the year twenty twenty three after. They kill Thanos in the yes. first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I was like, that okay, was I guess. Fucking I guess, amazing. I guess the movie's done. Like, I just said, like, <laughs> we're going to go home now. <laughs> I, I picked up the remote and I'm like, I guess we can turn this off now. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, what a brilliant choice. And I went back and watched a bunch of the trailers for this movie too. And I realized what a good job they did at hiding the time travel element of this film. Mm, yes. And like, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of like scenes in the trailers that they release that like trick you into because in the movie like uh in in the time jump scarlett johansson has her red hair but in the trailer they just gave her the blonde hair so that you wouldn't you wouldn't like guess like oh her hair has been growing out therefore there's a time jump what's going on in this movie you know her her hair looked great in that movie just i'm just yeah it's (laughs) yeah what do you you, there's there's always these online debates about what black widow's best hair is for an all Mm. in all his movies i'm gonna say end game top top three top three hair it's longer it's two-toned i don't know i got i got i, got, I, I like that two-tone look it's good that two-tone look it's good scar, like scar joe best hair in the biz 36 year old scarlett johansson i'll take that any day <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yes you've been watching her like grow I know. grow into I, womanhood <laughs> since really 2010's iron man 2 you know <laughs> it's a lot of growing <laughs> so i know endgame is a lot of movie to unpack so like give me your overall kind of general thoughts on Endgame. Like, what were you like thinking? How were you processing this now that you've come to, well, my first to like enjoy these characters and like grow with them and like, you know, grow alongside them this whole time. First off, can you hear me still? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. There's this weird buzzing on my side, but I can talk through it Um, there. Oh, my first thought was, did uh, Robert Downey Jr. Lose all that weight or was that, cgi to make him look uh, so gaunt and thin yeah i believe that was cgi i seen uh behind the scenes footage of him and he's wearing like little dots on his uh-huh. actual body so i believe they just kind of uh, uh thinned him out in post okay he's so a 50 year old man he can't be doing extreme diets like that <laughs> i was thinking so but um so there was that element and then my oh wait no i'm now i'm jumping ahead to spider-man so i'm not going to go there yet but um Yes, my next thought was, uh, wh- where is Ant Man going to show up in this? That was mm-hmm. the- yeah. I mean, you saw that he was stuck in the quantum zone at the end of yes. Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp, and like, so like the real savior of the universe is that rat that let him out of the truck. <laughs> Thank you, rat. Thank you, rat. Like you saved you saved the entire universe. <laughs> well, that was that was helpful because like, if mean, I were, if I were to levy like one like storytelling criticism. That is horseshit. But like <laughs> that rat just happened to be there and let him out. That's horseshit. But like the movie has to, the movie has to continue on somehow, right? So I, mean, like, that, I guess that's probably the best way they could have done it. I mean, Ken Jeong was the one manning that that trailer park store, or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, that storage <laughs> that unit. Was in. So I mean, he wasn't going to save the world. We already knew that. Was <laughs> Ken Jeong is not going to save anybody. He's not even a doctor anymore. Really, he was once. Um, so there was that and then yeah because like the end of ant-man and the wasp was very surprising to me so i was just like oh i can't wait to see what happens next and i have to sit through this whole other movie first but (laughs) (laughs) just one more to go you got it (laughs) so i was just like interested to see how how ant-man was gonna uh move on move back into this and um yeah (sighs) yeah that was pretty much it i was very surprised that his girl his daughter survived i thought she oh yeah yeah part of the a... but what about hawkeye's family just disappearing like that that was pretty cool right in front of his face that and was, now he turns into really... a ninja murderer for some that... reason with a bad haircut i don't understand how he got to japan so quickly but <laughs> he was there to protect us i suppose thank you hawkeye <laughs> with your bad haircut you're a 50 year old man jeremy renner you shouldn't be having a haircut like that i know i know um <laughs> 
and then it was all just about I don't know what what happened after that. I forgot the <laughs> the next step. So they so fast forward a little bit. They 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 Tony Stark discovers or, or figures out time travel, and they realize like, yo, if we can get these stones from a different time period, yes. we could we could basically snap everybody back because Thanos destroyed the stones in our time period. So right. the only way to get them back is to con- is to steal them and convince the ancient one who can kind of see forward in time to, oh. to, to, to give us the time stone and the rest. Is, is he the, the purple stone, the soul stone keeper? Is he? Oh no, ancient? that's no, the ancient one is a uh, Dr. Strange's mentor. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Played by Tilda Swinton. Yes. Sorry, you're five years too early. Doctor Strange isn't here yet. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange is, uh, or Stephen Strange is performing surgery that way in the middle yes. of this New York apocalypse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, he was probably doing something during that time, so it makes sense. Oh yeah, he had to have been doing something. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I just thought like the whole time caper was just a great way to not only like propel the story forward, but also kind of remind the audience like what a great journey we've been on with these characters. Like we get to right. go back to previous movies. Tony yeah. Stark gets to have a moment with his father that he's oh never really God. got to have before. Oh I'm sure God. like with, for people that have daddy issues like you and me, you know, <laughs> that was a super emotional part, you know? Oh my God. So yeah, that was very, very poignant. Um, there was something else I was going to add, but I can't remember now. Oh, well. So, so, eventually- the, so the final battle scene at the end the 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 giant infinity war if you will i mean like for someone who doesn't yeah for someone who doesn't like action films or action scenes action films in general like how did that scene affect you in any way well you know it was one of those things where like they all came back to life and they're like oh yay well i'm pretty sure i know what's going to happen now (laughs) dude like in the theater like yes in the theater I fucking wept. <laughs> like as soon as I heard, as soon as I heard Falcon say, "Hey Cap, on your left, on your oh. on your left." Oh my oh. god! Like he used to say that to him. <laughs> oh. As soon as I heard that, and then the fucking portals open up, and hundreds of people from all over the galaxy no. come to help the Avengers, and it's like, oh, and my Spider-Man God. is there, and Spider-Man is it's there. Like, I faded away, and then I came back, and Doctor Strange said, "It's been five years, and I had to go." So here I am. Yeah, <laughs> and like all the interactions that you that you that all the characters have during the fight too, just kept like making me weep and kept choking <laughs> me up, and like that like this yes. part more than any part in like I think all of these Marvel films like choked me up and got me so emotional just because like you finally get these payoffs all these things like you know like just like little scenes like when Tony Stark wouldn't hug uh, Peter in uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming he finally gives him that hug and it's like these little moments all get paid off in just these like in the middle of this war and it's just even sometimes as quick as a little like one character glancing to another or Black Panther uh, saying Clint's name to his face because in Civil War he's like, "Hey, I'm Clint. I don't care." And then they fight. They're like, there's like little moments that you catch like that if you're like a super fan. Yes. But like, even if you're not a super fan, it's like, what an amazing like fight scene that's being choreographed and like, and then Cap picks up Mjolnir, <laughs> and that like, and that part like made me openly cry in the theater. Oh, my God. oh it's just uh. that, that whole scene, and it's like. 
what like 45 minutes of the movie that whole fight scene <laughs> well and, i remember because like, just... I, I had to watch the movie in three different chunks and so yeah. like i like i paused it right when all of them right when they were like attack and i was like all right yeah we'll avengers, the avengers assemble moment yeah and we'll we'll watch the battle uh another night and i saw there was like 45 minutes left in the movie at that point yeah <laughs> oh my gosh like that move that that part so affecting and of course it had to be tony at the end who um saved the entire universe because i think because yeah. every if you think about every avengers movie the four avengers mo- or i guess the three because Infinity war and endgame are kind of one movie like in, yes. in in avengers one tony saves the city in avengers two tony saves the world and then avengers three and four tony saves the universe oh, so you know I, I guess they were kind of setting it up like that from the beginning and oh my gosh and then so in, in the funeral scene at the end where all your all of our all of our favorites are there and like so finally like i, I think like the last part i want to talk to you about like what'd you think of captain america's ending what, what do you think of the ending that he got hmm remind me again so cap <laughs> is um oh because he, he ended up being old yes well cap is assigned to put the stones back in their yes. proper timeline so he goes to do that and he takes mjolnir back to thor to the dark thor yes. and um but he doesn't come back and he decides to stay um when he said he decides to stay with Peggy yes. and I don't know if you remember, but like in, like in winter soldier and I think it's just winter soldier when cap, when young cap is talking to Peggy while she has dementia and she talks about her husband and things like that and things like that. Yes. Her husband the whole time was captain America or was he, <laughs> it was captain America, bro. It was him the whole time. He's, he time. stayed in that timeline and just lived his life until he until the day that he left and he handed off his shield to uh to Falcon. Right. Oh my god. And then the final scene when him he fi- the final scene where he's dancing with Peggy and like I couldn't take it anymore and mm-hmm. I had my hand I had my hands in my face crying in the movie theater <laughs> and Erica with tears in her eyes, too, was like massaging my massaging like the back of my, my, my back, like trying to calm me down. I'm like, oh, I can't take this fucking movie. <laughs> I know it's a long oh. movie. too. It's a long movie. Like I've seen it like eight times at this point, like the movie, <laughs> like the movie, like goes at such a brisk pace because it has so much, history to it and it's paying off all these moments and and it's and like oh my god it's one of my favorite movie ex- it's it's like the definitive movie experience of my life like mm-hmm. just, just like, like, like that that is like the end cap to all of these movies and they pull it off perfectly and it's like there's not a lot of endings that you get that like are that satisfying you know right well it was a good ending that's for sure it, which was it was, was a made, journey and i'm glad that you ended up like enjoying it overall you know and that's what makes spider-man far from home so weird because you're like yeah it is it is more giant, like an epilogue you know this giant you know uh climactic thing and then all of a sudden you're like oh hey and there's spider-man he's gonna do some stuff <laughs> <laughs> hey jake and and spider-man goes on vacation and like you know he's sad about tony leaving and like okay 
<laughs> but at least Ned was there. I mean, Ned makes everything wonderful. Yeah, you got more of your Ned, which is good. <laughs> you got a little bit of Ned in a in a Infinity War as well. Like we're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's one, right. of, one of my favorite parts of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Distract him, Ned. Okay, <laughs> we're all gonna die. <laughs> so good, so good. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm done. I'm not going to watch any more Marvel movies for the rest of time, but I might watch the next Thor because it's a Taika Waikiki. Waititi, <laughs> yes, Taika Waititi. That one's Waikiki. <laughs> Taika Waikiki. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, that might actually get pushed to uh, 2022 now because mm-hmm. as of this week, um, Black Widow, which is supposed to be the start of Phase 4, was supposed to come out right. in May, but they actually pushed that to November, which is supposed to be another another Marvel film called The Eternals. So I guess they're just going to push every Marvel film to the next Marvel film spot, which okay. means that 2021 November was supposed to be Thor Love and Thunder. So they're probably going to push that to like early 2022 now. So Love we'll see. Thunder. Okay. Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi, baby. Okay. We'll see how that goes. All so, right. So, I mean, so, if you want to go see that together, I'd be happy to go to the theater with you. That'd be, that'd not, be a fun experience. I'm not paying money for a movie. Oh, come on, bro. Come on. Come <laughs> I'll on. Pay, I'll, if I we're, pay for we're, you, will you go? We're not, we're not going to go to movie theaters. They're all going to have to shut down very soon. Oh, that's true. If we're all going to catch COVID if we go out when, in public. When movie, the, when movie theaters are asking for government bailouts, um, <laughs> that means it's time for movie theaters to die. <laughs> Adam, corporations are people too, and people are getting bailed out. I know, so, <laughs> I know, Mr. Rami. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> hey, movie so, theaters so, did this to themselves. I'm sorry. <laughs> they kind of did. I mean, they've been over. They've been overcharging us for many years now. Yeah. So it's about time that all movies come home to streaming. And yeah. you know what? If it does by 2022 or 2021, whatever the Thor comes out, if yes. it does come out on streaming, I will pay for it. And yes. then I will, and we'll watch it together. How's that sound? From our own separate houses, yes. From our own separate <laughs> houses, but by then I think I'll have like Twitch streaming ac- like accessibility because I'll, I'm getting sick and tired of not seeing any of my friends. <laughs> yes. So you know, at, maybe at that point I can like broadcast the movie. We can watch it together or whatever. Okay. I don't know. That's we'll fine. see what happens. Cool. So um, yeah. What what do we need to check in with any of our friends? We haven't discussed our 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 podcast nation in some time. Well. Yeah, well, some of our uh, listeners have been like reaching out to us as well, and like for like you know one our, our listener Dave, he just had a he just had a baby, so, baby number seventeen. Congratulations, baby number baby. seventeen, named it, after man. Chris, <laughs> named after Chris Roder of um, like Moths to Flame. I know his and best I mean, friend Chris Roder, and his his other daughter COVID is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> COVID Lynn, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, Dave was ahead of his time with that name. I just—he knew it. Like, you yeah. guys, you guys warned us. We didn't listen. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, from the from from the sounds of it, they seem to be doing well, uh, well yeah. enough, I suppose. All things considered, and uh, he but, informed uh, us of a special Brian Fallon live stream going on. Yeah, that's that's uh, later this afternoon as of this recording. So I'm going to oh. see if I can catch it live um i might be going on a hike a little bit later so we'll see uh, what comes of that if we ended up like if we end up postponing that because i think it's supposed to like rain all week but like, we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah so, i might be checking that out so we might be seeing a brian fallon concert of sorts <laughs> yeah on our computers with no people on our computers exactly <laughs> and it's in it's the in future LA. Is now it's, he's in la right now we could we could be there but no we could we could, you know, LA is like a giant petri dish in the epicenter of COVID right now. I mean, LA I'm was one of the first 
places that like caught COVID in the in in the U.S. So like, I'm not going on. so I'm I'm already there. I'm in Brian Fallon's trunk right now I'm <laughs> waiting for the show to start <laughs> recording live from brian valen's trunk <laughs> but um and then we got daniel he's he's living it up and one of the states that doesn't have any coronavirus according to their politicians i think right i mean if you just ignore it it goes away really right like bullies like all the <laughs> teachers told me when i was a kid if you just ignore the bullies they go away right. You just walk away from the COVID. You're gonna <laughs> and then okay. they learn a valuable lesson about their behavior. <laughs> COVID, do you see the damage that you've been doing? Why don't you go stand in your corner and go think about what you did, COVID? Well, one of the Onion posts said that COVID is a good Christian disease that would never... Uh, <laughs> That would never go to go inside a church on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. So we're free to congregate in this church close to one another in our pews. Yes. So I hope Alabama is uh, staying safe out there. Yeah. I mean, uh, from the sounds of it, our listener Daniel is doing well enough. Uh, you know, one of our other listeners I've been seeing online that, you know, she's been working from home too. So trying to stay safe. So everybody out there listening, I hope you guys are all staying safe, taking your own precautions. Please take this seriously. I mean, the sooner we take it seriously, this you know, the 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 sooner we can go back to our normal lives. I think you know. So I know, you know every it, week you you keep saying that, but every week it gets further and further from actually happening. <laughs> like I said, the Surgeon General had a press conference this past week and and and, and complimented California on our aggressive measures. And California you know, is 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 not getting more worse than we thought they were going to. <laughs> Which they're, is a good thing. They're just getting a little worse every day instead of a lot worse every day. So we're making progress. Yeah, progress is progress, man. <laughs> lay off, lay off my nuts. I know. I'm trying to. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Uh, this lack of human contact is just really, really hurting me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's, it's, it's like so, you 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 watch porn now, and you're 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 jealous of how like intimate people are able to get all these these strangers (laughs) i know all these strangers just meeting randomly and having sex it's like man i used to do that all the time and now i can't anymore (laughs) (laughs) i mean which is which is what like normal sex is just strangers meeting and then right things like right job interviews um (laughs) fake taxi things like that yes step parents i don't know what's going on there but oh <laughs> <laughs> just keep it into the family you know oh, yeah. quarantining it's fine you know right just wear your mask and you'll be fine <laughs> so um so how how much uh you know so have you still been having time to listen to music that's all i got is time mike i Good. got time i'm not out of time like um the new rem album from 1991 Oh, oh, yes. So uh, should I just jump right into albums seven through nine? Well, because do you want to go to classic music right now? Or do you want to talk a little bit about some uh, newer music that we've been probably listening to? Um, well, I'm talking about all time low. <laughs> oh, I just barely started them. I'm only two listeners. Uh, in. Okay, so, yes, we got an early copy and I gave it to you. Yes, but, but, but then, I, I gave it to you, right? But if I did that, then I would have to listen to it on my iPod, and I'm not about to do that. Brian Fallon Ew. was the only time that I was willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not carrying around two devices anymore to listen to music. It's just not okay. Favorite. Well, but do I you want to tell uh, me what your opinion is? That'd be fine. I've been listening to it for a week with that, with, with, with uh, you know, fortunate enough to get an early copy, and you know what? Yes, it's kind of boring. It's kind of boring. I I get that vibe. It's like 15 tracks long, but it's still only like 45 minutes, and. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's not the same impact as it, Last Young Renegade, obviously. Last Young Renegade is like a culminating album for them. Like, I feel like that was their best album, and they've kind of taken all of their taken all of their musical styles and their songwriting styles and all the stuff that they've done throughout their career and kind of culminated into Last Young Renegade, and it ended up being their catchiest, most memorable album. And Wake Up Sunshine, which came out this past Friday, yep. is just kind of there. Okay. There's not much like memorable in my opinion. Like I'm struggling to even remember any of the choruses of the mm. of any of the songs. It's just kind of like okay. It's a it's a generic pop punk album. It's album eight. Right. Album eight for for, for all time low. Mm. And you know, I don't think this is an all time low for them. But you know, it's just kind of an album because <laughs> the five five of their previous seven albums were very low. <laughs> they they were yes, but you know, Last Young Renegade. I feel I, I don't know what they kind of did in that album, where they made a conscious effort to write a really cool dynamic album. But you know, they just didn't do that with this one, and it's just you know, it's a shame because their last album was really good. So I was. I had my expectations moderately pretty high for this one. It's just kind of fell flat. Uh, well, if you want to talk about falling flat, we can talk about oh. Out of Time by R.E.M. Oh, no. Oh, you'd think that the album that has Losing My Religion on it was going to be like pretty damn good, right? What did you think? You would think, you would think so. Man. One of the best songs ever written. There's songs on here called Low. Like there's a song on there literally called Low. Mm. That's a pretty good song. Um, there's also a song on here called Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Endgame? Ooh. Yes. They were before their time. But, they knew. Um, you know, that shiny, happy people holding hands. I mean, shiny, happy people uh, holding You know, part of, part of me was always hoping that when I would like jump into the lyrics of that song, it was just going to be like some like deeper metaphor about like, you know, um, you know, the world falling into chaos or something like that. But sure. it wasn't. It wasn't anything close to that. It's really just Is it just about, some like hippie all yep. come together kind of song? Yep. Yep. That sounds like just, that sounds like something Michael Stipe would write. Uh, I don't I don't get it, but I was really, really disappointed in this album when I was hoping for something a lot better. Mm. You know, losing my religion is so good. But um I gave it a five out of eleven. Hmm, okay. Um, it's it, yeah, big disappointment. But if you want to talk about a bigger disappointment, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> their, their follow-up album, which was also automatic for the people, yeah, also one of their like biggest albums ever. Like, yeah, what are the big songs on this one? Um, you got everybody your, hurts. Everybody hurts. Yes, I think yeah. that was and Man on the Moon, the Andy Kaufman song. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, the Andy Kaufman song. I remember that. I think that's it for big singles. Um, this album is bad. Who man is Ooh. it? Bad? Well, um, everybody I've, hurts I've, is an overrated song. I've never really liked that song, and yeah. it's five five minutes. I mean, that's that's a long time. Yeah, five seventeen. Jeez, yeah. always. So, um, well, man on the moon's not any better. That's five minutes thirteen ooh, seconds. Exactly. And I was thinking, like, okay, maybe again in the context of the album, it would be good. But I just never clicked with either of those, and I realized I never have. Mm. Um, but there's a couple of good tracks. I like this song called Monty Got a Raw Deal. I like Night Swimming. Um, and like Find the River is pretty good. And then like there's an instrumental in there, which was pretty good. 
So I guess one after everybody hurts, it looks like. Yeah, I guess if you got to call it a four out of twelve, it's it's kind of what it is. All right. But, but you look at how many millions this sold and how many Grammy nominations it got nominated for, and you're like, well, I guess you can't always trust the the Academy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, at least with the song "Everybody Hurts," that's like the perfect like normie song like that i think that's like what a normie thinks depression is like so it's like <laughs> oh we're gonna put this song in this episode and then everybody's gonna love it and right. you know it's, it's like oh you, oh i get it now every everybody does oh. feel hurt sometimes i'm i'm everybody i'm part of i'm that. everybody <laughs> <laughs> when they say everybody they mean me too <laughs> so, according to metacritic which is an aggregate of a bunch of reviews all over the place yes. this album got a 96 out of 100 wow 96 i i think this was a lot of people's introduction to to them because like out of time came out in 91 and this one came out in 92 and they Mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't tour on either of these albums like which was pretty amazing for a band that was like peak they didn't tour their warner brothers band too yeah and they didn't tour until after their next album monster um which came out in 94 and so like they didn't go on tour until 1995 and like, mm. but they still sold millions and millions of albums and made terrible music videos. Oh my God. Don't ever watch <laughs> their music videos. They're just the worst. <laughs> I've, I've seen the music video for losing my religion. I think that's the only REM that's music not, video I've ever seen. That's not too bad, but yeah, like, it's just them like in a room dancing. It's like, okay, no, there's this, all this that. Is, religion. There's all the religious imagery stuff going on. Oh yeah, it, it cuts between the band and all yeah. the imagery. It's like, okay, so, well that's fine. I get it. That's fine, but don't like ever watch the video for Stand. Oh my god, it's like it's just like like uh like extras dancing for the entire song, and then <laughs> and then at the end there's slow motion shots of each guys in the band jumping, and then that's it. All right, and then the song is <laughs> over, and I'm like that you can't call that a video and have this be like super popular. It's just <laughs> uh, but anyway well, if we, you know if we can move on the 90s. to 1994 <laughs> because monster is a much better album <laughs> okay now it's really what weird the, did really, you recognize any big hits on this one because i'm looking yes. at the singles list and i don't recognize yes. any of the names what's the frequency kenneth have you okay. ever heard that song before because when i play it for you you might i was surprised uh, there's a sample over here let me see if i can put it on Okay, that sounds kind of familiar. Let me play it for the people real quick. Okay, yeah, play it for the people. I just had it on my headphones. Not as memorable as some of their other singles. Not as memorable, but somehow I, I had heard it. And that's what I'm running into on these. <laughs> yeah. What's the frequency? Can it just shop? And um, bang and blame. Now I recognize that song and I have no idea why, but I must've heard it on the radio back in the day. So 94, it was really weird because like REM takes like a, like a, a grunge route, which for a band that well, kind of like, the, yeah, this would be the time to do it. For a band that was like one of the first alternative quote bands, for them to like take on or to like kind of jump into the genre that was 
that at the time. Um, Cause like the whole album is kind of just about becoming super famous. And like, I guess Michael Stipe wrote all these songs kind of like from a different character perspective and okay. about, like really meta with it. So I never went into all the lyrics to it, but um, that's at least what I read on Wikipedia. So there's, it's a, it's very grunge sounding. It's very 1994, but I liked so it, it quite it a bit. It kind of sounds like it's like kind of bandwagony. Is is that is that what you're saying though? I wouldn't even say that. It was basically like all of if you listen to their early stuff, then you can hear all of the grunge bands like do an REM impression into the nineties. Mm. It was like all okay. of them were just taking REM and making it heavier. So <laughs> to hear REM like pay homage to like those kind of bands is like a weird. I don't know. It's very, I don't know. Meta is the only word I could come up to describe. Yeah. That. So they're, they're, so they're um, kind of taking the grunge formula yeah. and turning it into like the alt rock sound of it. Right. And kind of doing their own spin on it, which I thought yeah. was really cool. It's a very experimental album and a lot of, a lot better songs on this album too. Okay. Uh, so I gave this one a, a, a seven out of 12. Oh, and cool. Tra- Not bad. Tra- track 10. Let me in is about uh, Kurt Cobain and him, you know, living any longer oh and no him and michael stipe were very good friends and oh, uh, were they? michael stipe has said in interviews that like he was talking to kurt cobain quite a bit in those final days and telling him it's going to be okay we're going to get through this let's like get together and work on your guys's new album blah 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 and then all of a sudden kurt cobain was no more and uh then michael stipe well, we should have also said don't give your wife a shotgun well, he didn't know that at the time. None of us knew the real danger of Courtney Love. Um, uh, we, we just weren't there yet as a culture. No. <laughs> but uh, so Let Me In was an interesting song that I didn't really care for that song very much. But there's still okay. a lot better songs on here than the previous two albums. So this is kind of where the, the popularity of the band starts to wane a little bit more. The album okay. sales start going down. And uh Yeah. Like when you jump into uh, albums 10, 11, and 12, it's kind of like you just, you kind of feel the band being where they're going to stay at that point. Like kind of coasting at that point? I I guess so. I I can't tell you if the songs are great or not yet, but you can see like, like they have their core fans and they're always going to sell this many albums. It's not going to be in like the 4 million range like it once was. Now it's like, you know, 800,000, 900,000, that kind of range. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still good for the 90s. So, but yes, that's where I'm at with uh, REM. Cool. So you got like six albums to go for them. And like, so the only other album I've been checking out besides uh, Wake Up Sunshine by All Time Low, I just checked out one other classic album. An album I listened to. Back in no early high school, so this would be early two thousands. Yes. Uh, I checked out the back classic rock. New. Back when it was new, yeah, yeah. Uh, newish. Uh, I checked out "Dizzy Up the Girl" for the first time since high school, wow. and uh, everyone should know that album. Everybody should know songs on that album. Songs they like should. "Slide," songs yes. like "Acoustic Number Three, yes, songs like "Broadway," "Broadway," Black yeah, "Black, Black Balloon. Balloon," yeah. All Eyes song. on Me is one of the best songs they've ever written. All, All Eyes on Me is a good one as well. You know, that's and, that's a Robbie song too. And I, I don't really like a lot of the Robbie songs. Well, and, th- not, not All Eyes on Me. That's, that's, oh, no. Movie. Oh, aren't they 
oh no i'm thinking of something else okay sorry uh but uh oh, yeah you're right that's track eight you're right okay yeah so yeah all eyes on me that's a, that's a good one and there's probably some other songs that i might be forgetting yeah, i hate this place yeah i hate this place is a good song Incredible. too bulletproof my soul or whatever i think it's called bulletproof but um yeah uh, there are there are some special editions with this album, but uh, I don't recommend that you check them out because like one of the special editions just has the, the single name on there from a boy named Goo. If you've already heard it, you don't need it. And then there's another there's another special edition that has that cover song <laughs> that I really hate from the last album, and like you don't need that either. So Come on. Huh? everybody needs to hear Slave Girl at one time. Slave. I'll be a slave girl, man. That's a fucking killer guitar. Dude, that, that fucking riff <laughs> fucks, dude. That riff fucks, but like the lyrics are I gotta so tell bad. You about a girl I know. She follows me <laughs> around wherever I go. <laughs> I'll be a slave girl. It's oh, like dope, dude. <laughs> dude, the riff, like, okay, listen to it once, but like, don't listen to it again because it's super problematic. <laughs> It's basically like, man, don't women suck? Like don't that kind of song. Certain women. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but getting back to, to Dizzy real quick. Um, Black Balloon. Like that oh, song. Yes. In 1999, when I was absorbing this album, I had never heard a song that like connected with me on that level. Like that was my super all-time favorite song. Oh, is that right? Of, of my life when I was 19. So nice. Um, the fact that it became a, a giant single for them was not awesome because then it got way overplayed and now like, well, the, the magic is gone from it but was it just overplayed in 99 or 2000 or something because like i'll be honest like the only songs that i recognized here were slide and iris of course oh wow. um, okay like I, I don't ever recognize i don't ever like remember hearing dizzy or broadway or black oh, balloon okay. these songs that are listed as singles i never heard them on the radio and they don't they never like they didn't like tickle that nostalgia in my brain that like, Oh, okay. I, I remember this song. Okay. You know, they didn't do that for well, me at if all. You, if you go to your local Ikea, when they open up again, you'll hear black balloon. I'm sure it's <laughs> okay. playing right now, but cool. <laughs> it's okay. I'm glad <laughs> that it. you did. I'm glad you didn't have that overplayed factor because oh, like, okay. the, the luster of that song like faded for me, but man, it was pretty intense when I was 18, 19 years old. I remember that. And I completely forgot. Like it, it just like left my brain that the song slide was written by the goo goo dolls. Cause oh I, I thought that was like a Matchbox 20, oh. like counting crows song or something. You know, uh, I yeah. had no freaking clue that the goo goo dolls wrote this. So, so when the song came on and I listened to it for the first time this past Monday or mm-hmm. re-listened to it first time this past Monday, I was like, Oh my God, this is the Goo Goo Dolls. I love yeah. this song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I'm a little slide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a good song. That's it lives forever. Just like Iris does. Oh, yeah. Um, and of so, course, yeah, when was... Iris comes in, like right after Acoustic Number 3, which you were nice enough to do both those songs when we talk about our favorite albums of all time. Oh, like, yes. Oh, what an oh, yes. emotional, beautiful song. And like, yes. Iris is for sure one of the best love songs in all of rock and roll. Dear Maybe God. one of the best love songs of all time. Oh, my God. Like, it just, lyrically, it it's kind of hard. pedantic, but like, it's still so beautiful. And I think you can apply it to like most people's love stories it's yes. just that kind of affecting you know it's it's worthy of 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 nicholas cage and meg oh, ryan yeah. you know oh yeah <laughs> well and for me remember like i had gone from 1996 to 1998 where like just a boy named goo was the only album i had from them 
And right. I, and I listened to that so much in those two years. So when it was like, oh man, this Iris song is getting a lot of play for that stupid movie. I can't remember the name of it now. City and of then, Angels. <laughs> it was, you know, number one on VH1 for like months and months and months. And I'm just well, like, understandable. Well. Yeah. And then like slide came out and I'm like, okay, I'm digging that song. And then Broadway came out and I was like, all right, I got to go buy this album. And like, this was, I, I didn't get into it until 1999 and it was totally like my second year of college, like mm-hmm. drive, driving to and from Pomona and uh, like pretty much the, the album would play my entire commute, like all 45 minutes of it. Right. And yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that, that year was incredibly uh, like dark. I've, I've mentioned this before that between like 98 and 2000 were like, there was no sunlight during those three years for me. It's just like all the only memories I have are like being in the dark all the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and this album, as well as a few others, was a huge part of that darkness. So it's mm-hmm. just like it was always like a sense, a source of like, I don't know, a source of goodness amidst like a, a really shitty period of your life. And most people 18 to 20, like that's a pretty sh- shitty period of life. So, yeah, we should all just like skip that part of our lives, you know, (laughs) pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, we don't need those years. But uh, if I if I were to levy some sort of constructive criticism for Dizzy, because I love this album, this album's great, and like I'm happy that I'm at this point now in 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 Goo Dolls' career, and like I'm like this is the this is the band that everybody knows at this point. If I were to levy some criticism, though, is that those Robbie tracks that were kind of sprinkled throughout, they kind of take away yes. some of the power of some of these songs you know they they, they they really feel like they don't fit it took me 20 years almost to finally appreciate them so mm. uh, i say just keep on listening for you know 15 to 20 more years and <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll do i mean luckily there's only like four of them and they're not very long so you know mm. so that you that you kind of just kind of they, they, they kind of just give you a break of some mm. of the power ballad power right. pop songs that like they, this band is going to be known for they kept the uh the the, the punk element in a weird way yeah and so, not in like in an evolving way either like it, it, it just sounds like this is their old stuff and they just kind of threw it into this album right well and it was yeah. almost like like robbie kind of knew his his songwriting abilities were not going to be carrying this band anymore right yeah, yeah so there's like okay here's some songs and we'll sprinkle them in and uh yeah he i think he kind of got it but um so i saw this band live july of, of 1999 and oh uh, that, right that at the band, height of their popularity i'm oh sure my god yes and like fastball opened for them and sugar ray like i saw those those guys at the height of their fame <laughs> sugar ray nice <laughs> right when um for like their second album came out like every morning there's a halo yeah yeah like, that song had just come out and was a super big hit for them at, the, at Dude, that time. sugar ray opening for goo goo dolls that is the yeah. most california oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> show you could have ever gone to i could, I could count the number of non-white people in that crowd uh, on, one hand. <laughs> on no hands <laughs> so i went to that show with my mom and my stepmom and my friend denny and uh, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I only knew those two albums from the Goo Goo Dolls, and they played a handful of songs from Hold Me Up and Superstar Car Wash that oh, I okay. I did not know. But I've been able to find that set list uh, online. Oddly enough, do so, you remember like enjoying some of the songs that because because you because know, it's on Hold Me Up, which is a 
which we come to know is a good mm-hmm. record. Yes. So like, you know, did you, did you remember like enjoying them when you, when you saw it? I just when remember that the, the final song was a ballad and it, it's the last track on hold me up called February stars. I think. Oh it was. yeah. Yeah. Which is a pretty good song. Yeah. They closed the show with that one. And I remember like the crowd was incredibly excited for that song. Oh, cool! I, I had never heard it before. And I was like, maybe I should listen to some of these old goo dolls. And then, Oh, well maybe in the future, it took me, 15 more years and i finally yeah (laughs) so um but yes i saw that i had a really good time at that show they played all the hits from this album obviously and then um three years later in 2002 on the gutter flower tour i saw them again at the same exact spot and i had the most boring occasion of my entire life at the world famous greek theater in hollywood california oh why is that i don't know like in 2002 my, I, I had moved on from the Goo Goo Dolls, even though I really oh, enjoyed no. Gutterflower. It was like the vibe of the show after I'd been listening to so much grunge music at that point. Like the vibe of that show was just, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't feeling it. And even oh, though they, no. they played all my favorite songs from the previous albums and I was just like, cool, I've been here before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, by, I was like 21 at that point and I was, I was just moving on. But uh you know, now it's definitely all nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Gutterflower, that's the one I'm going to be checking out uh, this coming week. Excellent. So, I mean, is there anything that you want to prep me for? Is 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 Robbie still singing at this point? I think he only has two tracks on this album. Okay. So it's very Johnny heavy. Uh, Robbie. Oh no, Robbie's got four. Okay. Oh, um, he does. Okay. I. I'm going to say that I enjoy three of those four tracks okay. and uh, pretty much. Oh yeah. This, this album's good. If, if you can get past the way that it sounds like 2002, a little bit overproduced, um, the songwriting in here is still pretty incredible. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting just a bunch of like early two thousands rock ballads, you know, I, is, I, is, is that accurate? I would say, like, Here Is Gone, that was the first single off the album. Do you know that song very much? Oh, you know what? Vaguely. Uh, I, I, I I remember, like, seeing a video for Here yeah. Is Gone. It's one of his most powerful songs I've always felt. Okay. So, so, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, it's, it's all that power acoustic rock kind of stuff. Yeah, so. which is what I'm expecting just going forward from here on out. So, yeah. uh, I mean, because I've heard their last three albums. Yeah, three albums. So, you know. You know, so I'm expect for the next three. I'm like, okay, we're gonna slowly get to where Magnetic Boxes and Miracle Pill is. So, you know, maybe right. maybe Gutterflower might be like the start of that. Right, and Sympathy is a, is kind of like a, a, it's another acoustic track, which is really pretty awesome. I think. Okay. Cool. And uh, Truth 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 is a Whisper, the closing track is uh, it's pretty cool. So, okay. Cool. This one this one overall is like a ten out of twelve for me. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's really good then. And then I've been, right, well, I've been yeah. jumping into the two follow-up albums to that, like re-listening to Let Love In and uh, Something for the Rest of Us. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gaining different perspectives on them. Oh. Not in not in like greatness sort of way, but I'm... I'm oh, like, no. <laughs> it's changing ever so slightly. But I like, okay. I'm excited to know what you think about those ones too. Okay. Well, I'll get, I'll get to those in the next couple of weeks. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward and I'm... I'm what, what, would you say I've passed the hump now for like 
Goo Goo Dolls. Now that I've now that I'm done revisiting Dizzy Up the Girl. Yeah, I think you're. Okay. I mean, Gooder Flower will be good, and then it'll slowly start to return to Earth. <laughs> okay, I'm coming down from the hike. I've reached the peak yeah. of the mountain I've hiked on. Now we're right. coming back down. <laughs> and like over, you know, let love in something for the rest of us and magnetic. It's hard for me to decide which one is the, the most boring, but I guess I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out, you know, cause I, I am familiar enough with those albums. So I guess we have to judge them with new ears and new perspectives. So anyway, glad so, to hear um, that you're doing well and like doing well enough this past week. I feel like I should talk about the Pearl jam album though. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yes. You listen to the new Pearl Jam album. What's it called? Gigantic or? Uh, Gigaton. Gigaton. Okay. Yes. So as you can tell, I almost forgot to talk about it. So you can kind of guess <laughs> where my feelings are about it. Maybe well, I mean, you didn't seem like you had high expectations anyway. Well, you know, when the band takes six and a half years off. I mean, should I tell my, my Pearl Jam history? Or do we, do we, does anybody even care at this point? Bruh, we, we're, we're, we're an hour 20. You, you, okay. you do you. You've got plenty of time. I can condense it. So as most kids in the 90s, we grew up with knowing those those initial hit Pearl Jam songs mm -hmm. from their first two albums. Uh, you know, 10 was their first album. I, I, I didn't get into this band until about 2002. So um, like I, I knew the hits from 10. I knew the hits from Versus. I knew the hits from Vitology, which are the first three albums. And then mm -hmm. like, after 1994, this band kind of disappeared from my radar um, until I was just like, I need to get into some of that Pearl Jam because I've heard songs from them that I've liked. And by then it was it was like 2000. Oh, no, it was, it was 2000 um, because I had been to a concert at the world famous Greek theater in Hollywood, California, where I saw <laughs> in 2000, I saw the Pearl Jam, not even realizing that they had released six albums at that point i didn't right, know yeah, they're on like binaural at that point i had i had done zero research on any of their albums except for 10 at that point and i was just like oh i'm sure we'll just go there and they'll play everything from 10 and and that'll be it and then i realized <laughs> oh pearl jam is one of those bands that plays a whole different mixture of everything they've ever done and they change their set list at every show so it was oh, really good for was, them it was a really bizarre show where I recognized like two songs for the entire night. You recognized like, even flow, <laughs> even flow and black. And that was, those were the only two that I knew. And I was like, oh, and, and they played daughter as well. So I guess three songs. They didn't play alive. No, no alive. Um, oh, interesting. Cause by, like, you know, by, by that uh, that's range, really cool. That's really cool. The band to not pander to like yes. the radio fans. Well, and, and certain nights they would play alive, certain nights they wouldn't play alive. Yeah, yeah. They, they had stopped playing Jeremy by that point, which was like a big disappointment for me. Like they, they went years without playing Jeremy before bringing it back. Okay. So, uh, but so by after that show and a couple of years went by where I was like, I need to kind of figure out this band. I finally was like, all right, I'm going to go take out a small loan, buy all six albums and <laughs> and I jumped right in and I was very, very impressed with with the first five. I'd say the first sure. five Pearl Jam albums are pretty good. Um, you know, Vitalogy is kind of the last grunge sounding album. And then in with album number four with no code, they go totally just kind of dudes playing playing whatever kind of music they want on guitars and basses and there's no genre associated with it except like, Oh, it's just a rock band, whatever. 
Um, so no code was a very bizarre experimental shift for them. Um, and then yield was kind of the same thing, but with better songs. Okay. Um, and then when I got to binaural, I was like, Oh God, this band is terrible. <laughs> <It's that laughs> oh album, no. <laughs> that album is, is really not very fun to listen to. And I was like, Oh man, okay. oh, Pearl Jam had their heyday, but by then I was like sucked in and I knew Riot Act was coming out. And so I was like excited about Riot Act. And I remember being super excited when the single came out and I would call the radio station and request them to play it when it came Back out. When you could do that. Yeah. yeah. And then we'd <laughs> sit around waiting up by the radio and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then we'd call them again and they'd be like, oh yeah, we're getting to that. And then you sit there and then they would play even flow. And then- <laughs> ah we got you kid (laughs) and i was like oh my god this is why people shouldn't listen to the radio anymore yes but then the seed was planted all the way back in 2002 now riot act is a very good album i cannot uh, say bad things about that album it's very experimental it's kind of got some boring rock songs on there it's got some really good rock songs on there it was kind of like the last time pearl jam did anything that was like experimental and good but um and it's it's political due to the the war and whatnot and post 9-11 world oh of course um, it had to be right yeah so i saw them three times on that tour <laughs> um and that was pretty exciting because again they change up their set list every time nice and so that was kind of cool but then i was like okay i don't need to go to any shows for a while um <laughs> and then uh the the self-titled album 2006 we sat around for four years uh, waiting for another Pearl Jam album, and I, I didn't listen to anything else. So, uh, Mike, I, I don't think this one will crack your best of 2006 uh, <laughs> list. 2006 was a good year <laughs> for I me, at least. The, the, the self-titled album is one of the best Pearl Jam albums still. Okay. I still, I still gave it a 10 out of 12. It's got some but, good songs on it. Okay. Um, and But that was that's kind of been the end of Pearl Jam making good music. So it's like, I feel like I'm, I've been there. I was there during the bad binaural years. I was I, I, a good bounce back with riot act and the self-titled. And so I was just like, yeah, Pearl Jam. I went and saw them twice on that, on that album tour at the forum in LA. And I'm just like, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on going to shows. This is great. <laughs> this is all worth it. <laughs> I'm what you call, I'm what you call an expert music fan. And uh, one of the shows that I went to, they played a track from 10 called Why Go, which is one of my favorite songs. Cool. And I, I remember thinking like they're playing the song that I've wanted them to play live for so many years. And like, it's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that, I guess. So as you can see, my interest in shows started to wane because of my chronic addiction to Pearl Jam between <laughs> 2000 and 2006. <laughs> but why do you got to take it out on the Menzingers and Brian Fallon and every on, other show that I want to go to with you? On everybody, Mike. <laughs> you take it out on everybody, man. And now it's, we're it's avo- Pearl Jam's fault, not Dance Gavin Dance's fault. We're avoiding viruses now by staying safe. I guess that's true. Now we now we watch now we watch live streamed right <laughs> concerts with Brian Fallon with no I, with almost 0% chance of catching COVID-19. And it was two more years before I would go to another show after that Pearl Jam show at the forum until we went Ah. to see Rise Against and that little known band that opened for them. But anyway. Oh yeah, what are they called? How are they doing now? Mm, Who knows? We never knew. But um, 
So I, I obviously got into a lot more music between 2006 and 2009. So by the time Backspacer came out, I was just kind of done with Pearl Jam. And that album is just just awful. <laughs> I haven't listened to it for 10 years, but maybe I sh- should, but I don't want to because I don't remember <laughs> liking anything about it. And so then, of course, by 2013 with Lightning Bolt, my music range took 50 million light year jump. So Lightning yeah. Bolt was just like, well, whatever. It's Pearl Jam. Kind of to the wayside. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, lis- I listened to that too because that was one that you were interested in. And I just kind of right. jumped right into it, not having any history with Pearl Jam other than like Evenflow. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's 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 a post-grunge album, post-grunge alt-rock album, you know. Yeah, it's at, just like, a rock least, band making rock band songs that aren't very good. Yeah, and I'm sure like there's a lot of like, you know, casual music fans who would dig where they at where they're at as of lightning bolt but you know yeah it wasn't for me so that brings us to six and a half years later (laughs) gigaton if you you listen to our podcast you can see how my taste in music has evolved since 2013 uh yes (laughs) here and there and everywhere so can't say i was too excited about this album i didn't jump into the uh singles by any means um but i must say the singles from this album are very good like there's, mm, which, there's a little what bit would those be? Super Blood Wolf Moon, Dance of the Clairvoyance, and Quick Escape. So Super Blood Wolf Moon is yes. the most fucking badass song title I've ever heard. <laughs> I really like that song. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so, but unfortunately, that's kind of the extent of the album, of the album's greatness. You like get this new reinvigorated sense of this band from those, actually the the first like four tracks. Like, I'm just like, oh, man, this this band is really making an effort again here in their mid to late 50s. Okay. Um, but the rest of the album just does not go much further than that. It's just kind of bland C plus to B minus range Pearl Jam songs from here on out. Um, but uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance, it, it really looks like they took a really interesting uh, experimental route on that where they, they kind of worked with some drum loops and all, like they all changed up instruments and like cool. The, the guitar player uh, played the bass on it. The other guitar player played the drums on it. Um, the the, the bass other player guitar player played the drums on it. Drums. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. And then the bass player played guitar on it. And so they like switched it up and it's a really interesting song that I would love for them to go into this range a little bit more. It's a, it's a little, and what did Eddie Vedder do? Just like play the play the, triangle <laughs> well he, he did the vocals on it obviously <laughs> it's like well, like well fuck me i guess i'll just keep singing i guess you guys are doing all these interesting things i'm just gonna keep singing i suppose <laughs> uh, i was really kind of impressed with where the vocals went on that too it had a really good hook with the melody so okay. i was like if they could do this a little bit more that would be cool but they just kind of went back to their normal kind of bland stuff for the mm. rest of the album and it's you know 57 minutes which is just forever long i mean that's like on par that's like on par with like a band like this right they're not gonna write yeah. like a 30 minute no you know kind of I mean, little 40, 45 to 50 minutes was kind of their standard so yeah 57 minutes just seems over the top yeah it's um, a lot the closing track is like eddie vetter playing a 1850s era pump organ <laughs> say that again 1850s pump organ <laughs> yes what on earth is that? <laughs> I don't know, but that that it's just that and his vocals 
and that's the entire song and it's six minutes long (laughs) it just seems to go on for days and days and days so eh, i mean what are you gonna do with that um (laughs) i guess it just kind of is what it is well Um, at least it kind of like went in a different direction here and there for you there's there's a track on here called all right that the bass player jeff ament wrote and mm-hmm. he he uses a instrument called a mimbura, which <laughs> is a, mimbura. an African right. an African musical instrument traditional to the Shone people of Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> now that is fucking metal. <laughs> it consists of a wooden board with attached staggered metal tines, played by holding the instrument in the hands and plucking the tines with the thumbs. <laughs> I can't even like imagine what that looks like. What in the yeah. world? Well, there's a picture of it on Wikipedia, but I still like looked at it and I still had no idea what was going on there. But it's not <laughs> it's not a very good song. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave it I gave the album a five out of twelve, which is mm, kind of okay. on, on par for Pearl Jam at this point. Hey, but, you know what? It it, it it gave you something different here and there. Right. So, you know, it's not a total loss, right? So if you get through Goo Goo Dolls and you feel like uh, jumping into another old timey band, this might be. Oh, a good I gotta one get through. The, I gotta get through the Doors next. Oh, that's right. And the three yeah. Soundgarden albums. Don't forget about that. Three Soundgarden. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you want to listen to King Animal, go ahead. But I, I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, I'll just I'll just go with what your recommendation is. Well, you know Stick what? We've we've we, we've talked like a lot longer than I thought we were going to, oh, which I, I think is it. a testament to how much I miss you. I miss all this so much and i'm so glad i could yeah. hear you this time like we have to use this uh computer that you're using yeah i'm gonna start using my work computer in order to do this please nobody tell my job that i'm using it for personal reasons okay i won't <laughs> i have to start i might have to stop working from home which would be <laughs> not advantageous to my life at the moment right. but right. folks i hope you guys really enjoyed this week's episode we got three in a row uh, for this past quarantine so uh, i mean that's i guess one other good thing that's coming out of this is that we have a little more time to podcast even if it is mm-hmm. remotely yeah we might as well i mean i really don't enjoy doing it remotely I, I really like the energy that we bring when we're like in the same room with one another but like this is this is fine for now it's better than nothing i suppose i'm i'm digging it until we can actually like are allowed to be around people again but i'm sure that government issued bubble is on its way we're, yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be bubble boys like i said like mm-hmm. this is the this is the fork in history like all of the people who have recovered from covid are going to go live in their own society free from disease and all of us bubble people who haven't caught it and will never catch it because we're because we're all going to die we're all, right. we're, we're all we, we all fear our impending death we're all going to live in our bubbles and live on a little island where like you know we'll never feel the warmth of human touch ever again no there's no need to. We don't need human beings. We have our phones. Yeah, we have our phones. I work from home now. <laughs> They're nice and warm, and they just—they'll get us through the winter. Yeah, I, I wear my pajamas, or as I like to call them, my work clothes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It was good talking so, again. Hi, yeah, to all it was good. Stay yeah, safe. hello again to everybody. Stay safe. Wash your goddamn hands, uh, and and we hope that you guys are doing your best out there and uh we'll try we'll you know maybe we'll do this again next week but uh you know time willing so we'll we'll, and 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 enjoy the upcoming april a lot of big releases coming up in april as well we got dance gavin dance coming we got 1975 we've got some other stuff as well that i can't remember 
but uh, it's, it's coming it's coming quickly so in, in, enjoy the upcoming albums because that's probably all the albums we're going to get for the rest of the year seems so, like they're not going to do anything for the rest of the year <laughs> yeah i mean no bands i mean if anything like the fact that no bands are touring probably means we're going to be getting more albums at the end of the year that they just haven't sense. been announced at the point but, so so we'll see what happens but you know busy april for for for, for music busy april for video games as well and uh so i've, I've been enjoying all the a, a lot of that and so you know and and be safe if you're going to go out there and, and if you're going to go on hikes don't get close to one another don't ruin it for the rest of us i know that's like such the the great thing about going on a hike and then you can just have sex with a stranger and you know you mm-hmm. just can't do those kinds of things anymore i mean yeah i know having sex with strangers on a hike is like kind of <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of on the table at the moment so yeah. <laughs> you're ruining it for the rest of us everybody <laughs> i know man and i'm just going to keep watching these games these cubs games on youtube because the cubs are doing <laughs> They're doing great. Whoever is controlling them from that PlayStation 4 controller is doing a great job. <laughs> so for my co-host, Adam, I am your co-host, Mike. And like we say on every week of our remote Skinny with Mike and Adam. Thanos was right. The whole time. We didn't listen. We didn't listen. <laughs> I, I know. 